some, most of you who were here, you, hopefully you remember that uh, the message had to do with everything about waiting on the Lord. And I don't know if the praise team picked that song purposefully or not, but it's apropos because I don't think they knew that I was going to preach or teach part two to that message today because I really didn't announce that to anybody. So it must be a God thing. Amen? Amen. So let's give Him all the credit and the glory. Father, I know what I've planned. I know what I think you've laid on my heart for this group of folks. But Father, I want to be so obedient and so careful and cautious this morning so that nothing that I say comes from me or from my heart, but Father, it comes from your heart. So Holy Spirit, have your way. I yield all this time to you, whatever time you take. Father, I don't believe that anyone in this room or anyone listening, I don't believe it's by accident. So Lord, I am so careful in this moment not to waste a moment. But Lord, speak. Speak to us. Some of us have come with expectation. We want to hear from you. They didn't come to hear from me. They came to hear from you. So in this moment, Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you. Jesus, we are gathered in your name. And we know that you're here. So speak to us. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Well, I'm going to begin um, just giving you and reminding you of uh, some of the scriptures that we were in last week and where the Lord had us last week. Beginning in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Either that's true or it's not. And if it's not, then we can go ahead and throw this whole thing away. So I believe, my brothers and sisters, as many of you do, that is absolutely true. So waiting on the Lord gives us great benefit. Psalm 135, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits And in His Word, I do hope. We have hope. When we're waiting on the Lord and we're meditating on His Word, in that waiting, there is hope. And the problem that we have as, you know, you know, we're, of course, we're Americans living in the 21st century. We're in the instant culture, instant society. You know, even our children, when they get out of college or high school, they want everything that their parents have and more. When they don't realize that it took their parents something years to accumulate that stuff. Are you with me? Okay, now wait, wait. That's not in our nature to wait, most of us. But look at what's together. Let's look at Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Is that up? Did I give you that one, Mary? 27? Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, look, look. You have to have a little bit of courage, a little bit of hope, a little bit of courage. I know that I'm trusting in His Word, so my hope is in Him. My hope is in His Word. My courage isn't misplaced. I have a little bit of courage. I can stand on His Word. And most of us who are born again, we know, in fact, that you know God is true. In fact, we're born again only because we put faith and trust in His Word. I've I, I got to give this testimony. I wasn't going to, but I got to. Hey, um, 
last week, some of you prayed. I, I told you that I was invited to preach or teach at a, a chapel service during the week. And, and to be honest with you, I was a little bit conflicted because I, knew, I thought I knew what message I was going to preach. And it was really weird because that night, I think it was Wednesday night when I went to sleep, I had a, a bad dream. For me, it was a nightmare. Young men see visions, old men dream dreams. I guess that, that puts me in a classification or a qualification. Don't laugh at me, Michael. So, so now watch. I had this dream, and I had the dream that the message that I was going to teach or preach, it was there, it was set, and then when I showed up at the venue, I didn't have my notes. So I thought in my heart, well, so what? I know the message. I just got to go to these scriptures, and I was going to go. And so I started opening up my Bible, and I started to go to the scriptures, and I couldn't remember the scriptures. I knew the, me- I knew the message like the back of my hand. I've already preached it and taught it, and, and, I, I, knew, and I knew the scriptures. I could tell it right now, Genesis chapter 3. I could name the scriptures to you right now, but I'm in that dream, and all of a sudden, <gasps> I said, okay, Lord. So here's what Tony did. Tony did everything in his power to make sure that that didn't happen. So what I did that next day was, I went ahead and I made sure I printed off that fresh batch of notes and I stuck that in the Bible. But, 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 here's, but my brothers and sisters, what I didn't tell you is one night I couldn't sleep at all during that week. And I got up and I started to study and, and pray and stuff. And the Lord, for whatever reason, took me to being born again. Something that most of us in here already know about. Something that you know we've taught. I've shared from the pulpit and you've heard it from many other preachers and teachers in your, your, your Christian um, history. Let's say it that way. But, but, but for whatever reason, I found myself there. And so I start going and delving in you know, what it means to be born again. Born of water, born of spirit. You know, John chapter 3, the whole deal. And so I went in and I started doing my, my exegesis on you know, being born again, being born of water, born of spirit. And so I just started putting the scriptures together and the notes and thinking, okay God, maybe I'm, I'm going to have a new converts class or maybe something's going to happen. I'm going to bump into somebody and I'm going to have to minister being born again to them. In the meantime, I'm going to preach this midweek service, and now I'm, 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 I'm already, I've got the notes in the Bible, and I'm going to preach that message that I intended to preach. But something was really wrong. I, I, I just could not get release from God, and I'm, you know, and, and I had, I didn't even want to look at the notes anymore. I didn't even want to look and study anymore, and, because I was just making myself confused. You know, and then I'm busy. I'm, I'm working. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that message and the message to come tonight and or today, I should say. And 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 so I'm busy. I, I didn't have really time to to just really set and pray. And then you know, I'm, my friend Michael here, he could testify. My other friend Michael, because I think I trusted in him as well. Man, you know, the Lord is is dealing. Something's happening. I got to get. I felt. Down, I was disturbed. I, I wasn't excited about even going and preaching and teaching that night because I felt bad. I, what am I doing? You know. And so I went home, and and just before I was supposed to 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 deliver that message, I went home and I'm praying and I'm and and I'm waiting for God, you know, to just bop me on the head and say, "This is it." You know, or magically, the notes from the message that He wanted me to preach would just kind of float and levitate. But guess what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, I'm praying, and I never, I know that I did not get release on that message that I had stuck in the Bible. So I had to trust Him. And I had to have courage that the message that He woke me up at 1 o'clock in the morning to start jotting down would have been the one. 
But I'm thinking, Lord, these guys, this is a chapel service. These guys are getting the word of God. They're saved. They're, they're taught this. This is not going to make sense to me or to them. I didn't know what else to do. But I want to tell you, and I believe this. I'm not just saying this. I really believe this. I know some of you were praying for me. I asked for prayer. And I know some of you, I know my brother John. I know you guys were praying for me. And I want to tell you that I went ahead and I let it loose. Just like God talked to me about being born again. And I asked them a couple of questions about being born again. And guess what? I could tell by the answers that I was getting that they didn't really understand, not all of them, really understood what being born again means. You know what's really sad? I guarantee you that many in churches all over the place this morning, in this country specifically, in some of these mega buildings, I'm telling you that there are a lot of people in those churches that do not understand what being born again really means. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, the shame of this is, here's the shame of it. The shame of it is Jesus said, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. You must. It's not, listen. You must be born of water and born of spirit in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. My brothers and sisters, we need to know, and people like us leaders in the church, we need to make sure that the people that God has called us to lead, that they truly understand what being born of water and born of spirit is all about. Shame on me if there's anybody that's under my teaching or preaching that doesn't understand that. So guess what you have to look forward to in the future? A message on being born again. <laughs> so bring some folks. And uh, some folks that really, that you know, I'm not asking you to judge anybody, of course. But bring them. Alright, so now waiting on the Lord. I needed to wait on the Lord and I need to act on the courage, that the little bit of courage that this old skinny little stinky Italian guy has. I had to, I had to go on that put my faith and trust in him and it wasn't an easy thing to do but man did God show up and man did something happen it wasn't misplaced hallelujah so now I want to go back and just to jog your memories again in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 uh, you'll see part of this but you won't see all of it and being assembled together with them he Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now there is another baptism my brothers and sisters there is if you're if I'm telling you there are three baptisms fire Water, blood. Water baptism. That's done by the ministers or fathers, mothers, or somebody. You're baptized in water, signifying to everybody that the old Tony died and he was buried, and the new Tony's coming up. He's being raised in the newness of life. He's now a follower of Jesus. He's not the same guy he used to be. You better hold me accountable. You forgot about that accountability part, didn't you? Just thought I'd remind you. Baptism in the blood. That's the first one. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in the blood. That's we accept the propitiation. We accept the payment of Christ's blood for our sins. We go to Him with repentance. We're in repentance and we accept the payment. He paid the price that I couldn't pay. And He paid it. And so we accept that baptism by blood. We're covered in the blood. Our sins are taken away because He's paid for them. Amen? With His own blood. And then there's the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And who does that? Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Fire. Sat on each one of them. Cloven tongues of fire. Amen. 
Verse 6, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So remember the setting. Jesus has already been raised from the dead. And he told them, he's talking to them, this is the first time he appeared to all of them, minus Thomas, it was a night service. Remember, it's important you show up for the night services when they're called. In night service, Thomas wasn't there, the rest of the apostles were there, and that's when he said this to them. Tarry in Jerusalem, you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And so now the next question out of their mouth was, okay, there's, this thing is going to happen. And though the next question, therefore when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? This shows, again, I know I'm repeating, but some of you weren't here, so I get to repeat it. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> this shows, my brothers and sisters, they had a certain expectation. Their expectation was that Jesus was now going to set up the Davidic kingdom on earth. Their expectation was their Christ, their Messiah, now was going to be like David, King David. He was going to throw off the shackles of the Roman Empire. They were going to have their promised land and they were going to live according to what their perception was when God says, my kingdom is not of this world. Right? They were there, they heard that. But they couldn't understand. So my brothers and sisters, this is, this is showing a certain expectation that they had. And we know, I shared it with you, and many of you have heard this uh, many, many times. It, it was so bad. Jesus appeared to them uh, uh, more than once. But before he uh, ascended, remember Peter and some of them, Peter just, okay, this isn't what I expected. Or this is, he says, I'm going fishing. I'm going back to the old life. Why? Because this isn't happening the way I expected. So I'm going to go ahead and go back to what I know. Help me out, John. Amen? Peter said, I'm going fishing. And some of them just went back with him. They, they followed him. Right? Then Jesus had to appear to them again and said, get going, get going. Go, go to tarry in Jerusalem. I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And then when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. So Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. My brothers and sisters, listen. So this, this here thing... Well, Remember before Jesus ascended, he had them together, and it was that point, it was that night. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Anybody remember that? Remember that? Okay, if they already received the Holy Spirit, then why did he say, go and tarry in Jerusalem because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now? If all you're ever going to get is one dose, then what's the problem? Why did they need to go and wait? Because that's not how it works. You don't only get one dose. Again, Acts chapter 5. He gives the Spirit to those who obey Him. You walk in obedience and you keep getting more, baby. I want more. More of what? More of God. How do you do it? Walk in obedience to what you already know. He'll bless you with more. How about Jesus? Jesus came. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Wasn't He? Even Apostle John, I'm sorry, John the Baptist said, that man is the one who has the Spirit without measure when he testified of Jesus. When He went into the wilderness... What happened? He was tested by the enemy. He stood on the Word of God. And it says that he returned in the power of the Spirit. Well, he went in the power of the Spirit, didn't he? No. More power. Why? Because he stayed true to the Word of God. When the enemy of his soul came and attacked him, tried and tested him, right? Pride of eyes. I'm sorry. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. He quoted the scripture right back at him. He didn't say, get out of here, don't you know who I am? He didn't flex any muscles like Tony. He didn't do that. 
What did he do? Quoted the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. He stood in obedience to the word and he returned with a hallelujah, a fresh anointing, more power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's how it works for us. Walk in what you already know and you get more. More of what? More of him. Not more stuff. I don't walk in obedience to him because I want his stuff. I walk in obedience because I want more of him. Amen? Amen? And he takes care of the stuff. I don't have to worry about the stuff. I'm glad you said amen because that's the word of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The word of God. Amen? So now watch. Here's what it is. He says, go and wait for this thing. Go and wait for this thing that I'm going to give to you, that I'm sending. Go and wait. Now we know approximately it had to be around 10 days that they were waiting. More. So, so they're waiting. During that time, I think that they had... They definitely had the human needs. There were nature calls and whatever. They, they probably had children around and the whole nine yards. They had to take care of the, the usual human things, right? But they're waiting. And we know that when the Holy Ghost fell, finally there were 120 still there. We don't know how many that, they're started, that they started with. Some estimate maybe 500 or whatever. But we don't know, you know how many were, were there to start and how many li- literally waited the 10 days. Okay? Well, this isn't happening quick enough. Maybe it's not real. Blah, blah, blah. See, sometimes that's the way... Oh, this is good. Straight from the presses. See, sometimes that, that is the way God makes sure that you really have faith for it. And you have faith in the right thing. Sometimes, the, you know, when you're, when you're asked to wait on something and, and you don't have the patience to wait on something, it's because you probably are not looking for God really to be your source. Or you're not satisfied with just the things that God has for you. Crickets. But see, in that waiting, you know, they did. They, they had, I think they had some advantage on us, though. You know, you know, I think. You know, I think that man. There no TVs, no computers. I, I see. I didn't have to say it. They said it for me. No phones. May I borrow that? And I'm so proud of you. She's got the Bible on it. She's not texting. She's got the Bible. She's looking at that Acts chapter 1. Now it's John chapter 21. No, Acts chapter 1. Hallelujah. I'm so proud of you, my granddaughter. But now watch. See, look. Are we ever alone? Really? As Man, I'm going to tell you something. You know what? Now she's probably... Do the back pop. But think about that. We're never really alone. We've got that phone on our hip, and that's it, man. We're never really disconnected, shut off, or whatever. And forget about the fake book, the snap trap, the Insta Slam, whatever all those twiddly D and twiddly dumber and all this other stuff. I mean, I mean, there are people that are. I mean, uh, you know, the baby just uh, made a boom boom. I'm not trying to be funny. You know, this is true, and you know why it's funny? Because it's true. Come on now, you know what I'm saying is true, right? So, so what? What this happened? You know what? Listen, I want to tell you something. Who cares? Who cares? 
you know what, I understand that, you know, for some, for some, and there's a lot of good that comes of it, I mean, f- some families that are distant can stay connected, so I'm not telling you, oh, you know, if you're on uh, any of that stuff, you're going to hell. I- I'm not saying that. Some of you may be, but I'm not saying it. <laughs> no, I, I know, but, but, but wait a minute, though. But, but, but I really want you to think about something. The old-timey pastors and preachers used to tell that television and radio and all that is of the devil. John shaking his head. There's two old guys that recognize that Prettyman stayed still. He's not admitting to being old. No, <laughs> no. But some of the old timey preachers and teachers, they taught that stuff. And the longer I live and what I'm seeing, yeah, they weren't far off. The enemy of our soul is using all of that stuff. And, 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 and what is it doing? What, it's distracting us. It's distracting. You know, it's hard to wait on the Lord when the, when the uh, thing is going off or I feel compelled. You know what they did? They're doing studies now where people are actually getting depressed and, they're, and they got to check their phone hundreds of times a day. If they don't do that, you mean they start to freak out a little bit? Really? That's crazy. So I think they had a little bit of advantage on us. They didn't have all of that stuff. Psalm 40. This is, this is a new one today. Psalm 40, beginning in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and, and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man or woman, that person who makes the Lord his trust. Mary, I think you could just leave that up there for a little while. Blessed is that man or that person who makes the Lord his trust. That last verse 4. I mean, everything spins or turns or is, is connected to that. I mean, is the Lord, are you really trusting in the Lord? Are you really trusting in the Lord? Now, we'll break this whole passage down a a bit here. Uh, Beginning in verse 1, I wait patiently for the Lord. And look, and as a result, or you see, and he inclined. You could go ahead and if I've given you this broken down, that's great. I waited patiently for the Lord and, you see the and in there? That means as a result of, he inclined to me. So if you do your word study and all that, that, that's pretty neat. Because, you know, that's literally saying that I waited patiently on the Lord and he kind of leaned in. That's what that's saying. See, I read stuff like that and it, it, it's awesome. Almighty God, the one who spoke everything that we see and, and can't see into existence, the one who clothes himself in unapproachable light, that one, when I'm waiting on him, he leans in a little bit. It's like if, if I'm speaking real low, he wants to hear. I'm speaking real low. <laughs> he wants to hear. That's awesome. You think about how awesome that is. So watch. What's the requirement to get God to lean in? Just wait patiently on him. Rome is burning around me. Forgive the, you know. But things are happening. 
there, there's many opportunity for me to be busy, but I'm waiting patiently on him. Patiently. I, I, that's, that's significant. Why? Well, because, listen, it's not happening. That, that, that tells me something. It's not happening now. It's not happening in my time frame. But I continue to wait anyway. You, do you see that? See, waiting patiently is important. It's not just waiting. It's waiting patiently, which, to, to, again, signifies to me, it's not going to be according to my expectation of time, or it might not, not even be the expectation or the answer that I was specifically looking for. So, it's, isn't, that, isn't that so neat, though? So, there's blessings from waiting patiently. And notice, too, and he heard my cry. So, now he leans in. And when he leans in, he's hearing what I'm saying to him. Why? Because I've waited patiently. So now watch. All of a sudden, waiting patiently, I'm blessed. How am I blessed? Well, one, he leans in. He inclines to me. Two, he hears me. He hears my cry to him. Amen? So now let's go to verse 2. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. See, there's more blessings. He also, more, there's more. You want more? There's more. We're always looking for more. More, more, more. Here's more. He brought me out of a horrible pit. Now, if you, this horrible pit, this, this word that, that's being used from the Hebrew, it denotes like a cistern, um, a dungeon, a prison, um, a grave, a grave, all of that, that word could be used for. If you look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 38, in Jeremiah chapter 38, of course, Jeremiah the prophet, he's telling people things that they don't want to hear. So King Zedekiah and his princes, they threw him in the dungeon. They threw him in the prison. They threw him in the pit. And this pit was described as something that was this tall column. And, and because it's dug in the, into the ground, it's wet on the bottom probably from groundwater. And it might have been something that was used for a well before, but now it's not as uh, fruitful as it relates to water, but the bottom is still wet. And if you read in, Je- in Jeremiah chapter 38, it describes it pretty well. This is tall, these tall walls, and he's down on the bottom. And the more he moves, the deeper he sinks. The more he moves, the deeper he's sinking. He can't get out. The walls are too high to begin with. And if he were to make a move and try to climb the wall, the more he moves, the deeper he's sinking. So now, what, what, what pit are we talking about? Well, first thing is, we were all in, in prison. We were all in the dungeon before we became born again. We were all in prison. Now, we didn't know it until we started hearing the Word of God. And then we understood just a little bit and we were able to repent. And now that we're more advanced in the Word of God, we understand that we used to be slaves to sin. We used to be in bondage. We used to be in prison. But I'm here to tell you that in this modern day, even in the church, we have some of these self-imposed prisons. Whether it be the prison of um, dogma, certain dogma, certain things that we uh, pay attention to or that we adhere to. Religious Things that, you know, if you don't walk this way, don't hold your mouth that way, don't dress this way, don't do that way. I mean, that, that, that could be a prison in effect. Uh, if I'm not, you know, doing this, then God is not going to like me as much. If I do this, then God likes me more. You know, that's, that, in effect, that, that becomes a prison. But what about something like, like when we go ahead and we um, give ourselves to some of the things that we know that we're not supposed to do? 
we're, we're, we're going ahead and we're, we're, we're putting ourselves back in prison. And it's not God throwing us back in this pit. We've kind of, you know, worked our way back into it. Ooh. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, you know, we find ourselves, it's because the flesh is just so weak. And, you know, we, we just give in a little bit here or we give in a little bit there. Uh, we're not spending any time. We're not waiting on the Lord or we've waited, but it hasn't been very patiently because the Lord didn't deliver. And because the Lord didn't deliver, we're going to head and, and we're going to work something out for ourselves. And so because now we're working it out for ourselves, we're, we're putting up the walls. We're, we're doing this thing ourselves now. So now we're working according to our own intellect or because of, listen, some of the, some of the things that we expected didn't come to, but what were our expectations based on? Again, it could have been, you know, what our parents showed us, some of the, some of the difficulties that we've had in, in lives. I mean, we expect that this is not going to happen. We expect to have this at a certain age. I'm going to have that. You know, I'm going to, listen, I, at a certain age, I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, college for this and I'm going to get a job right out of college doing that. Then it doesn't happen, plan B. Did we really pray about what we were going to study in college? Was that God's will? Was that his purpose? So does that mean you wasted those four years? No. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for them who are the called according to his purpose. Even if you've made the mistake, if you went ahead then and you said, okay, Lord, I acknowledge this is not of you, so now here I am, where do you want me to be? And if you wait on him patiently, he will deliver and take you out of that self-imposed prison you just put yourself in because you became presumptuous. We're doing things for the wrong reasons. We want to impress people. Galatians tells us that if we're looking to impress people, we're never going to, we're never going to please God. If we're looking to be a man pleaser, we'll never please God. Right? So we've put ourselves in that prison. And then we find ourselves in the middle of that, and then instead of waiting on God, because He'll take us out, He did it before, He did it once, He'll do it again. He did it once, He'll do it again. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. He said, he will never leave me or forsake me. So if I'm in that pit, he's there. All I need to do is get in that position where I'm, okay, now I'm right. What do you mean you're right? I'm just going to wait on him. I, I went ahead and I made some mistakes and now I find myself in this self-imposed prison. And so now instead of me going ahead and I'm going to try to, I'm going to talk to this one. I'm going to get on Facebook. I'm going to, I'm going to Google this. And I'm going to find out the steps that I need to take. No, I'm going to, get, I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait. And this may take a while. But I'm going to wait. Why? Because the more I Google, the more I get on Facebook, the more I start asking all of these people who may or may not know what the answer is, the more I do that, that's the more me trying to get out of that, that miry clay. And the more I do it, the more I sink, and, and the worse it gets. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever told a lie? And then instead of just coming clean, you try to protect that lie, and you've got to tell more lies? Come on. I'm just saying. 
That's the way it is. And God knows that's the way it is, but He's given us a way out. So He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. Do you ever... Um, we, we built a, uh, a golf course in um, Carolina. Almost lost it there, man. <laughs> but, and, and, I, and I know it was, it, man, that whole golf course was, was clay. It was all red clay mud. And, and that was the first time I had experienced that. Most of the things I did were down here in Florida, sandy, mucky, that kind of stuff. But here's what I know about the, the red clay mud. One, man, it, it's, it's wet. And, you know, when you get stuck in it, man, I'm in a truck. And I'm in a four-wheel drive truck. And man, all of it, I'm trying to rock that thing. I'm doing everything. Turn, then just rocking the wheel back and forth. Sometimes it works, but most of the time it don't. What happens is those tires are spinning. You ain't going nowhere. And you're just digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. How many, how, how many times, my brothers and sisters, have you found yourself in a position where you were just spinning your wheels? Amen. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. So now we've got some blessings. For waiting on the Lord. So far, we've got one, he inclines his ear to me. Number two, he hear, hears my cry. Number three, he delivers me from death, hell, the grave, and the personal prison. And then if I, listen, and if I turned a different way and I'm trying to work myself out of that personal prison or I'm trying to lie about this, you know, if I just went ahead and just waited on him, he's going to pull me out of that miry clay. Amen? So it doesn't matter how stuck I am. It doesn't matter how much my wheels are turning. If I just stop and wait on him, he's going to pull me out of that miry cry. Notice also in verse 2, he takes me out of that personal prison. He takes me from that miry clay. He takes me from that pit of destruction and he puts my feet on a rock. I'm going to read something to you because if I just tell you, you won't believe me. So I'm going to read something to you. See, some of you could have said, yes, I would, but you just didn't do that, you know. Okay, uh, I'm going to read from chapter 6 of Luke. I'm going to begin in verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. He is like a, a, a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood came and the stream beat vehemently against that house, he could not shake it. Or it could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of, those, uh, the ruin of it was great. So what is the thing that he's doing? What is, I mean, we could... I could give you more scriptures. If we really want to exegete this, I could really give you more scriptures. But I'm going to say it. You guys already know it anyway. Jesus is the rock. But Jesus is the rock. He's the living word. He showed us what the word of God looks like in action. So what he does is, he takes God, he takes us out of the miry clay, and he sets our feet on the rock. How is that done in actuality, in practicality? How is that executed? Because it's a really good fairy tale thing to say, oh, I'm going to wait on the Lord, and he's going to magically appear pick me up and he's going to set me right down here on this foundation. No, that's not it at all. We hear the word from God and we do it. We hear the word from God and we do it. That's, he's saying, I'm going to tell you who it is that is building on the rock, who it is that is firmly implanted on the rock. He starts off, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? See, there are a lot of people who say, Jesus is Lord. Okay, is he your Lord? I know he's Lord. 
I know He's Lord. People are even going to confess He's Lord, but they're going to hate doing it. At the end of time, when every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, that's great. But some of them are going to have to confess it, but they're still, ain't going to, they're still not going to um, uh, adhere to Him. They're still not going to make them His Lord. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. No, because the gates of hell had to be widened for all the people that are going there. So listen, I'm not going to be numbered with them. How about you? I'm not going to be numbered with them. I want my feet planted firmly on the rock. How do I do that? I hear the Word, and I do it. Right? Well, don't just shout me down, all you stinking Methodists in here today. Oh, please, I, I, I apologize for saying that. I shouldn't have said that. I, I'm so sorry. No, I mean it. I'm sorry. That was a terrible thing for me to say. I apologize. Okay, and still in verse 2, set my feet upon a rock and he establishes my steps. So he sets my feet upon the rock and then he establishes my steps. So now look at all of this. What is establishing my steps? Psalm 37, 23, 24, and 30 and 31. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. And you jump down to 30. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. So look, let me show you. Good man, you see that? Who's a good man? This is what Jesus said. There's none good except God. Is that what Jesus said? Somebody back me up in here. Don't you guys read? I know you at least heard it from me at least once. No one good except God. Isn't that what Jesus said? Okay, so then what could this mean? That's why he added this. The righteous. The mouth of the righteous. Righteous. Listen, no one is righteous. There's no not one. Only those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ and we're living in Christ. We are the righteous of God in Christ. So as a born-again believer, as a born-again believer, a blood-washed, Calvary purchased, believer, a temple of the Holy Ghost, that you are the righteous of God in Christ. So if you are the righteous of God in Christ, you're living according, you're walking in the word that you know. You're waiting on the... Man, it's, he's, he's going to order your steps when you're waiting on Him. He's ordering your steps. He's ordering your steps. How does He do that? Thy word... Is a light unto, thy, unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. The Word. The Word. So it amazes me how much that we don't read, but we expect to wait on the Lord and get the answers. The Lord is merciful. He's, man, if you call on the name of the Lord in faith and by faith, you don't have to be a Bible scholar or a great theologian. You don't have, that, 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 no, I'm, so don't, please don't get that impression. But my brothers and sisters, when he's pulled you out, when he saved you, you have a responsibility now to learn what the word tells you if you really want to walk and go. Listen, if, if it's like the map. It's like a map. Remember, if, I told you this last week. If, if, if I'm about to step into a pit of quicksand, would you say, oh, Pastor Tony, please don't do that. We say, stop, don't. Well, I hope that you would say, stop, don't. It's Pastor Tony. You know, please don't do that. Maybe I, I don't hear as good as I used to. Maybe I don't hear you. I step, done. Done! I'm going to heaven, but you'd have to live with that. I'm kidding. <laughs> Think about this though, right? The Word of God shows us, if we're living by the Word of God, it's the map to avoid the quicksand. Thy Word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet or 
Right? It's his word. So how do I know which way to go? And so remember when I taught this to you too. If we're supposed to be like Jesus, and here we are living in the 21st century, and he lived way back then. He lived before the first century. He lived in the first century. So now listen. He was a single carpenter. He was a prophet of God, a teacher. He was more than that. He was fully God and fully man. But as a man, he, was, he, was, he didn't have a family. He wasn't married. He didn't have the, 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 some of the things that we go through. But he had enemies. Right? He had people. He had family. I'm going to say this over on this side. He had family. He had all of these things that... that are you with me? He had worries. But see, then he continued. What continued? He gave us his word, you see. If I want to know... I've I've said this to the church before, but I I want to remind you of it. If I want to know how I'm supposed to act as a teenager, it's in here. If I want to know how I'm supposed to act as a husband, it's in here. If I want to know how I'm supposed to act as a dad, it's in here. See, so look, I can be like Jesus in the character, his temperament, and everything else, but more specifically to my life as it relates to being a husband, to being a father, to being a dad, to being a provider for a family, to being a leader of the church. He's all, it's, it's in there. Amen. So what do you want to know? Are you waiting for God to split the sky and say, Hey, Tony, here's what you do, my friend. Hey, what's the matter with you? <laughs> it don't work that way. Amen? All right. Some of you don't get excited about that as I do, but direct my steps, 119, 133. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Do you see that? Look at how do I let no iniquity have dominion over me? He's directing my steps. See, he wants to keep me from those things that will tear me down, that will throw me, send me back into the pit. And he provided his word to do that. There was more there, but I'm going to let it go because I could see your kind of eyes rolling back in your head. Back to Psalm 40, verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Oh, wow. So now look, watch. Now, as a result of me waiting on Him, He takes me out of the mire. He takes me out of the pit, out of the miry clay. He, he, first, He inclines to me. He, he inclines to me. He hears me, pulls me out of the pit, out of the miry clay. Now he's putting a new song. He directs my steps and he's putting a new song in my heart. I remember when I was in that first church, I will celebrate. This song, it's, talk, it's talking to something. It puts a new song. There's, there's a, listen, there's a fresh testimony here. What is that? Am I getting a two-minute warning? Is that me? Okay. Hey, all right, good. Sorry about that. Listen. All right, up here. Sorry about that. Hey, Listen. That gives, now I've got a fresh testimony. There's something new and exciting. I can, I can go ahead and I could declare something. I was here and the Lord pulled me out. I was in bad trouble. I was in deep stuff. And the Lord heard my cry. He leaned in and He heard me cry. And He pulled me up out of there. And He's directed my steps. He's put me on the rock. And I'm solid now. I'm not sinking anymore. I don't have to lie anymore to cover up that last sin. I don't have to worry about what, who's coming around the corner. I don't have to worry about someone talking something about me. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Why? Because He pulled me out of all that, set me on the rock. He's directing my path. Woo! It's all good now. I will celebrate. Sing unto the Lord. I will sing to Him a new song. You didn't know I could sing, did you? I didn't either. Hey, 
But think about that. No, think about that. This, this is the, to me, when I see this, this, I get happy. Why? Because now there's time for celebration here. Now there's time. My whole attitude, my whole disposition can change. There's an opportunity here. And now I'm singing a new song out of my mouth. But look at, I want to praise to our God. How I'm giving Him the credit. I'm giving God the credit from my heart, not this lip service thing that some of us do. Oh, praise the Lord. God, Lord, God is good all the time. God is good. No, not that lip service stuff. The stuff from your heart. The stuff from your heart. God, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you if someone is bragging on God, I'm going to tell you how you could tell if it's really they're bragging on God. They're humble about it. Boy, it got a little bit quiet there, too. Because any of you who have done any work for the Lord, if the Lord has done anything mighty for you, it's humbling. It's humbling. Because you know who you are and you know what you are. And to have Almighty God work for you and do things for you, it takes you back. So if someone is getting all proud and boastful about everything that the Lord... Oh my goodness, man. I I, I used to go on uh, trips with groups and stuff to go and evangelize, whether it's in prison or some other groups. Man, and I used to... These guys used to get together and brag about their old sins. And, it, you know, and I know that we have a testimony. I was this bad, and, you know, I did it in the Lord. But they were not speaking that way. They were speaking like, man. I was, it was almost like they were boasting about how bad they were, not boasting about how God's miraculous power changed them. They were, they were having a contest to see who was the worst. That's not humility. I, you know what? I don't even want to talk about some of the bad things I did. And I don't want anybody else talking about him either. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Think about that. No, no, no. Are, are you with me? But man, I've got, I've got my whole, my disposition changes. And I'm praising God and people, and look what it says, many will see it and fear. Not fear, uh-oh, we better get right because, you know, God might be, if God is doing something to him, then something's going to happen real soon. No, no, it's this awe. It's, not a, it's a reverential awe. Like, wow, God must be powerful. If, 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 man, if he can have that effect on Tony, God, man, this must be real. And then, then Luke says they fear, and then they trust in the Lord. If he could do it for Tony, he could do it for me. If Tony can be that happy, if Tony can praise God like that and, and just rejoice over the things that, you know, it's like, and, and I'm not going to kid you. I mean, praise and worship me. Yesterday, I mean, I had all that yard work and it was hot and it was... Man, I, I just... I, I've got some favorite praise music that I listen to. My granddaughters. They can testify. They can testify because it was all... Right? Did I do that right? I'm going to preach over here. You're better. No... But, but no, I'm listening to that music and man, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, it, it, it broke me down to the extent that um, Lindy Conan, simple obedience changes history. I'm going to show you that I love you by being obedient. I, I, the, the, the song basically is saying, I can see how you feel about me by the nail prints. Now I'm going to show you how I feel about you by obeying you. Oh, and it's an awesome song and it got all over me. So, I mean, I just had to lift my hands and I start praying and I even danced a little bit. <laughs> Believe that or not. Did I? 
But, but, but why? I mean, was I trying to put on a show for who? For who? Because believe me, no one would have paid to see that show. <laughs> but am I, am I trying to put on a show? No, it just got all over me. And I, and I realized who he is and how much he cares for me. And in this moment, I'm having fellowship with him and it's all over me. And I, and I want to celebrate that. S- man, simple obedience Changes history is one of the lines of that song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a yes in my heart. There's a yes in my heart. When Jesus asks me, when he commands me, when he speaks to me, when I'm waiting on him and he speaks a word to me, the answer is yes. Yes. Uh, you don't celebrate. And, I'm, and I celebrate. Hey, man, that yard work, that was a good time. I steered that lawnmower with my knees and raised my hands and I'm listening to that thing and praising. And, and man, it just, it just gets all over you. Why? Because in that moment, there's fellowship this way. Something's happening. It's not emotional. I'd be lying to you if I told you that it's not a little emotional because my emotions, God made me emotional. He made us with emotions, but the emotions are not ruling me. In that moment, I feel this connection with God and I'm hearing a word that's coming right out of this word and it's, listen, and it's bearing witness with the Spirit inside of me. And so now all of a sudden, my brothers and sisters, man, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving voice to it. See, we get in here, we get quiet. We get in here, the music's playing. Man, let it rip. Why? If God is inside of you, if God, listen, if God is ministering to you, minister to Him. He's given us opportunity in that moment, have fellowship with Him. Hear His Word. Respond to His Word. What, what are you responding with? There's a connection here. It doesn't matter if you know, we have the full band, the full choir, the full... It doesn't matter. It's your voice, His Spirit, connecting. Man, it's just an awesome thing. And it's, it's humbling at the same time. Many will see and fear. So watch. Now here's the list. He inclined. These are the benefits. These are the, this is what happens when my whole disposition changes because I've waited on the Lord and here's what happens. He inclined His ear to me. He heard my cry. He delivers me from death, hell, and the grave, even my personal prison. He pulls me out of the miry clay. He sets my feet upon, upon the rock. He establishes my steps. He puts a new song in my mouth. And then as a result of all that, I get to testify of Him. I'm a living testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now other people learn to trust and believe in Him. Verse 4, I want to go there again, this first part. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust. See, and it all speaks to trust. It all speaks to how much do you trust Him? Do you trust Him? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. Amen? Stand with me, please. Hey, could you just... I want to do something a little different here again. If you can stand, stand. If you can, if you're, you know, you need prayer. If you can't stand, you need prayer, we'll help you. 
Lord will help you. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Let's meditate on the Lord just for a minute. Let's wait on the Lord. Can we practice this? Can we just practice this in this moment? Can we just practice this? Everybody in the room. Young people, please be still. Can we just practice this? Lord, there are many of us who came in here maybe not expecting to hear from you. But we did. So Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would work in us according to your will, according to what you've purposed from eternity past. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, Lord, you knew this moment would be here. So my prayer to you, Lord, is please do not let this moment pass without those hearts that have received your word responding. Holy Spirit, work in us. Now, church, I'm I'm asking you, and not only doing this for yourself, but doing this for the folks that are here with you or around you, if the Lord has ministered to you, would you please come down to the front so we can pray together? I'm not talking about praying for your sins. I'm not talking about praying because you backslid. I'm not talking about that. If that is the case, come on. I'm talking about now you know the Lord has spoken something to your heart. Would you please get over yourself and come down here and pray together? We'll wait. If you're not up here, I'm just going to ask again, but maybe I need to ask it more clearly. I'm not asking that you come up here to pray for your deficiencies. If you have them, then please, by all means. But I'm asking you to come up here and bind our faith together that we may pray something and have it be effectual. 